0: Thank you. everyone welcome back to food with benefits i'm your host austin and today we'll be discussing picking picky eating i can't get through that <laughs> we'll take a dive into the thought process and underlying aspects that correlate with picky eating and discuss some of the more extreme cases that can develop now a, ch- a chat about picky eating wouldn't it be right without a picky eater here to help us out and sadly i ate just thought anything and everything in front of me so that's why we have chris here to help Hello. He's a reformed picky eater, and will help me make sure I don't make a
1: fool of myself today. So,
0: Chris, how are you doing? I know we're kind of doing everything uh,
1: digital right now. Uh, everything's good. I'm just sitting here at my computer. Taking a break from my rambunctious one-year-old.
0: <laughs> I have been in, like, a cleaning frenzy lately. I don't know why. Just for whatever reason, I got home from work yesterday, and I was like, I need to clean. <laughs> and I was up to, like, 3 a.m. cleaning, so... I am exhausted today, but I have my cat here to help uh, keep me att- keep me company while Roy's at work anyway. So before we jump into Chris's personal journey with picky eating, uh, let's take a look at some of the history and the understanding we have about picky eating so far, uh, which surprisingly, there is not a lot of understanding uh, with it. Uh, there's not a lot of consensus in the scientific, scientific community um, as to what the root causes of picky eating are. Uh, specifically, we kind of think it could be a variety of things, uh, a lot of different things could lead to someone being a picky eater, or as the scientific community calls it, a selective eating. Um, I mean, back in 2015, this paper was published by Duke Medicine in Durham, North Carolina, that said that selective eating in childhood could be have underlying psychological problems, including anxiety, depression, and ADHD. Um, however, it's also considered incredibly common in young kids with 20% of parents saying their child is a selective eater. Um, do you think that was the case with you? Do you think it was kind of a common thing within your family?
1: So that interesting you said depression because that took me by surprise. As yeah, I have <laughs> I have suffered from depression ever since I can remember.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think like everything, it's a combination of nature and nurture. Um, mhm. I wasn't always a picky. I, four was when it hit, when the shift Mm -hmm. hit, like there are stories of my mom saying two year old Chris in his high chair, banging the, the, uh, the tray, screaming more baki, more baki,' for more broccoli. (laughs) And, um, other stories when we, they, we would go out to what is now called folks, but was back then po folks. Hooray Mm -hmm. for the insensitive eighties. Um,
0: Oh God. Uh, They had all you could
1: eat popcorn shrimp, and I would just sit there, a little one-year-old boy, shoving shrimp after shrimp into my mouth.
0: That's with... kind of interesting, because when I think of like picky eaters, I would not think of broccoli and seafood as like the two main
1: comfort foods. I'm oh, like, I was I would just eat whatever they put in front of me. I was I was hungry. Oh. <laughs> so what I think is it's for me, it began it was textures. I imi- mm-hmm. at, at four, I know. I can just feel it in my guts. I don't have solid memories, but I became very sensitive to textures. Mm -hmm. And this was also combined with a mother who wanted to be super mom. So she also kind of kowtowed a little bit to my picky eating, which only encouraged me Mm -hmm. to eat the things, only the things I wanted.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like reinforcing those habits. Yeah. And that brings me into one of the points here is a lot of physicians and parents really don't know how to handle picky eating. There's a couple different schools of thought, I guess, that kind of play into this. Um, Some physicians recommend that you introduce food they don't like into dishes they do like. I guess kind of uh, like if your child doesn't like rice, but they like meat, make a taco bowl, you know, have both ingredients Mm. in there. Maybe they like meat enough, they'll just power through the rice and bam, because I'm eating something new. Um, but then a lot of other physicians say you can't force something like this. You know, they go through that school of thought of just let them eat it. You know, if they want to eat what they want to eat, let them go through it and eventually they'll grow out of it. Um, but I mean, any sort of school of thought that you have is going to have the pros and they're going to have the cons there. Um, I guess with you and your mom kind of reinforcing your, you know, selective eating habits when you were a kid, um, do you think that kind of delayed that growth out of selective eating or do you think that kind of just it didn't really have an effect, I guess.
1: Oh, it absolutely had. It. It, um, I was always I was a very strong-willed child, and mm-hmm. um, I took to language early, very early. Like, I was speaking two-word sentences before I was two, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Like, shut door, give juice more again. So I was, I think I was treated a little bit more like an adult in certain senses because mm-hmm. of my ability to communicate my feelings, like, I don't like this, like, oh, well, we'll get you something different. And I think by the time my mother realized this wasn't going to fly and she didn't want to make two dinners, uh, it was it was over. And I was also very, very strong-willed, uh, for an example, in my later years, uh, at 13, we were uh, vacationing with my aunt and uncle on their uh, house of Fire Island, New York, a great little mm-hmm. beach resort town. And one of the things they had a lot of was BLTs. I was super, that 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 weekend, I was super excited, bacon, heck yeah, but I didn't want to eat the lettuce or tomato, I just wanted bacon on my sandwich, and my grandma, I remember my grandma shut me down pretty hard, like, no, you don't get any bacon unless you're having a BLT, Mm-mm, this mm-hmm. is for BLTs. So despite that, because they weren't serving anything I wanted, I spent that entire time eating nothing but mustard sandwiches and water. It was the slimmest I had ever been because I was just, yeah, I I just refused to. And I am also very, it was like the golden spicy brown and I am Mm. heavy handed with condiments. So I was just eating this incredibly spicy (laughs) mustard bread and drinking nothing but water just because I couldn't have the bacon. And to kind of jump off from that, I also think that a lot of the foods I did like Mm -hmm. tended to be, you know, American fare, salty, like fast food, salty, fatty. And we, you know, we do have evidence that these things are very addictive. Like the human Mm -hmm. brain is still very much, um, if I remember my, uh, I'm not a neuroscientist, but, you know, we seek salt and fat and sugars, those things that help us survive, even though we as a society have evolved far beyond the need for, to store energy that way.
0: Yeah, it's still kind of like your lizard brain going like, mm, yes, we must store mm. this.
1: <laughs> we oh, must prepare God. for the winter. <laughs> kid cocaine, you know. Honestly,
0: um, I mean, that was me with sugar as a kid. I I mean, I still have mm, issues God. eating way too much sugar. I just crave it so much now. Um, but I've kind of had to like figure out a way to get that flavor and that hit, like just that dopamine rush, um, <laughs> without just eating sugar all the time. And I just get like crystal light packets I just put in water. And I'm like, it's sweet. We're good. <laughs> but at least it's water. So I'll go with that. Um, so I guess let's go ahead and kind of get started with growing up as a picky eater. Um, so you said too, when you were a kid, uh, I guess when you were younger, you were like eating a lot of, uh, you know, the popcorn shrimp and, you know, foods like that, which kind of were I, let me rethink this. (laughs) So I guess with you. uh, do you think you were born as a picky eater or was it something you kind of developed as you got older?
1: No, that it it came later. I, I remember becoming sensitive to textures at an early age, as I said, and I would just be like, if I didn't like the texture, like I have a serious gag reflex. I still cannot, Mm -hmm. I can't chug anything. I can't do shots. Mm -hmm. Like the way people just open their throat. I just can't do that. I, I Mm -hmm. taste everything. So when I would, those textures would be stuck in my mouth for a while. i be like, no, don't want this be instant rejection. And like I said, my mom often in the early days would make different meals. Mm -hmm. But then when my sister comes along, then sometimes she would be cooking three different meals because Rachel liked X, but Chris doesn't like X. So she makes Y, but neither Chris nor Rachel like Y. So now we needed Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. And... And a God, guy just her, she, a snowball effect. That woman, yeah, and that woman martyred herself in terms of... um, Oh, something's hitting me too. I feel really bad now Now that I, <laughs> I realize it. So one of the things she, she, as basically the head of the household, which I am now, and I just want to issue a blanket apology to my mother who may hear this, and <laughs> any other housemaker who I've ever even slightly denigrated because of societal pressures in my brain just casually like oh they just have to stay at home no i that's what i do now i take mm-hmm. care of the baby i cook it's it's a lot it's it's a lot to cook for a family and she would make these these ha- hockey puck hamburgers with a little press and put them in the microwave cuz she mm-hmm. was doing everything she's taking care of two kids yeah well, my dad had a full time job and mom kind of became associated with food that the kids didn't want to eat and then my dad, on the weekends when he would take over, he'd be like, "I'm making daddy burgers," and he would just mold them. They wouldn't be these; they would be these organic, juicy treats. He'd fry up mm-hmm. in the um on the stove instead of in the microwave, so they weren't like drop; they weren't hockey pucks like we get to call them. And it kind of aligned me against my mother's cooking. I realized mm-hmm. now that I was like, "No, you you just make the weird, gross adult stuff, and dad is the fun parent who." makes the cool bird like we called them daddy burgers
0: mm-hmm. just because uh, the completely different process it was take.
1: that so i i them. think i think it is like nature and nurture it's not one or the other it's both it's it's it, maybe you have more of one or less of the other in certain cases but i had a high gag reflex and mm-hmm. kind of associated my mom with the gross things i didn't want to eat and that's she kind of so- became the bad guy
0: that's really interesting because my next question I was going to have was like, was it more of a mental block or was it more of a physical reaction? Mm. But it kind of sounds like it was
1: both. Oh, it was it was both. Yeah, absolutely, and also just chasing after the the unknown ideal that was restaurant food. Oh my god, restaurant food. As a kid, <laughs> restaurant you know? food is
0: still so good nowadays, though. Uh, it is. But... It's they put so much thought into it because I was recently watching um, this uh, chef that I follow on YouTube. And he did like this 24 hour challenge where he went back to his old restaurant he used to work at. And he was like, I'm going to work every single, you know, section of this restaurant for the next 24 hours. And when he was doing the cooking, he was like, restaurant food, we have to keep it on the stove for hours. And he's like, we salt the living hell out of anything in here. He's like, because you have to load it up with salt to the point where it's almost too much. But that's just how when you're in a restaurant that's how the food tastes so good it's just with salt being such a flavor enhancer it's just completely overloaded
1: yeah and they do yeah they have to do the same thing with a lot of frozen foods because they just yeah. don't keep flavor
0: no I mean when you when you flash freeze something and then you have to reheat it in a microwave or you know reheat it in an oven that's gonna break down those compounds that kind of build up that flavor so mm-hmm. you have to put so much salt into it to kind of build that back up to build up those flavors that get lost during that whole process. Um, but it sounds like it was like a physical reaction in the beginning. And then those, I guess those kind of repeated and it kind of built that mental block. And I certain would, I, yeah, certain cooking.
1: And I would also bring that back around to depression. Cause I would, you know, mm-hmm. catastrophize like, Oh God, I'm going to have to eat this to this day. I still look at Thanksgiving and go, Oh God, do I really have to eat Turkey? And, and, mm-hmm. Oh, and on gravy. For some reason, as someone who loves fatty food, gravy disturbs me. I'm I feel like it's I'm still iffy on gravy.
0: It depends on how it's made.
1: (laughs) I I don't know. It's just like my 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 higher brain is like this is liquid fat. And Mm -hmm. part of me goes, oh, that should make things delicious. And it's like, yeah, but there's no pretense. It's not in a hamburger. It's just there. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. That's what I'm putting in my body when I eat fatty foods.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with me, it's kind of interesting with your topic on depression is kind of how it blocked eating certain foods for you. Um, whereas for me, it made me just want to eat everything. Like I'm when I go through, you know, my sort of downward curves with everything I just eat. It's for me, it's for me, it's comfort food. Like i want to eat everything, but I get so hooked on to like, you know, your typical comfort food, lots of starches. Lots of pasta, lots of, you know, mac and cheese, just things like that, like I guess like southern food, which I I mean it was pretty much what I was growing up on living here for so long. You know, you just kind of revert back to something that you've never had a bad meal with that before. So you know no matter what, like you kinda of trick yourself, Oh, it'll always be good.
1: Oh, and I definitely had a lot of that too, which is why I have weight problems. I would just eat junk food and stock up on candy, and of course, all this was exacerbated when I no longer had anybody to watch over me, and I moved out of the house, that's, mm-hmm. oh boy, it's, you have bad habits and you're set loose, like, no, you're not gonna win, you're, you're going to have two espresso coffees and a pack of donuts every morning at the mm-hmm. gas station before work, because you can!
0: You said, too, that your sister was a picky eater, so like you kind of touched on it with your mom having yeah. to make three different meals at dinner. All right, but... So
1: with Rachel, Rachel wasn't so much. Um, she had a much wider palate than me, but she was very much, I know what I want and I'm going to get exactly that. Like mm-hmm. every time we'd go out, like she'd always get chicken fingers. If it was available, it was chicken parm all the time. Mm-hmm. Like she was very like, I want this and I'm going to go get it. And she's always been driven like that. And mm-hmm. to her credit, it, it's helped her, you know, in her career in, um, in citizen advocacy. And I'm really proud Mm -hmm. of her, but as a kid, it was just like, she, she ate more than I did, but also.
0: She wouldn't want to try anything else. Like she knew. She'd be like,
1: no, I don't like that. I know what I want. And I want this.
0: Okay, so it wasn't so much like she ate something and then realized, oh, I don't like this, I'm not going to eat it again. It was more so, I've never had that, I don't want to eat it. I oh, no, no, she
1: this. she would try things, but... Oh, uh, okay, okay. She just had a wider palate than me, and some mm-hmm. of her pickiness went weirder. Like, I hate... I just think it's a cool story. We mm-hmm. would call her broccoli... She ate broccoli, but they we called them snow-covered trees because of the amount of salt she would add to them. It was oh, like, God. <laughs> yes, no, it was artistically visible, like, as if the broccoli had been snowed on. See,
0: I am just it's... I can I can taste that. <laughs> I yeah, can just taste it. Ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot going on with it. I mean, I guess it's uh, I mean, cuz I have a friend who is very similar to that, a friend back in Charleston who they're a picky eater, but it's because they know exactly what they want to eat. And so her mm-hmm. whole thing was always I want uh chicken fingers, I want french fries, and if those aren't available then I want chicken nuggets. But like she would not eat yeah. ketchup, she didn't like ketchup. So it was just anytime we'd go out to eat or we'd get like because I worked with her she was a friend from work or anytime mm-hmm. we get like food for the office or anything it was always I want chicken fingers no matter where we're going' <laughs> it's like yeah I went that chicken was basically a her dog. bit I went yeah so it's it's interesting like the different levels of picky eating I guess you know for her it was more so
1: yeah I was the one who would be I would analyze things, look at it like this looks similar yeah. to something else. No, this is bad. That's green. I know it's. I'm not gonna like it. It's disgusting. I've never liked anything green.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Rachel would try a bite, but then be like, no, and then of course it would be like a firm no because we were both, yeah. we're both, both <laughs> pretty intense people when it comes down to it.
0: Yeah, very hard headed. It sounds like sounds like my yep. mom. Oh, oh,
1: god. <laughs> we come by it honestly, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I guess when you guys were younger, so what were like your favorite foods when you were growing up? What was like my favorite foods?
1: Meal? I liked. I was hamburger, fries, pizza. Pizza was the thing that mm. confounded my mother in terms of my pickiness because I glommed onto pepperoni as as early as three or four. Because oh, wow. when they when they moved down here from Connecticut to follow my dad, um, getting a job in his new chosen field at the time, which was uh, software engineering,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, she worked at a little Caesars, but back before the initial collapse, when they were before they were the fast food of pizza chains, yeah and there would always be leftover pizza and of course you know computer geek whose wife brings home pizza every single night is not going <laughs> to complain and i i really like the super spicy pepperoni and she thought that was weird that you like that but i contend that it was the grease that like i wanted that grease mm. yeah
0: so there's just something about that it's very like caveman
1: <laughs> yeah so like cheese and grilled cheese yeah, like I said, th- things that are inherently addictive, like cheese mm-hmm. is the worst, because I'm always bumping into studies that say cheese is addictive as hard drugs, and I mm-hmm. absolutely believe that. Um, it's high for me, favorite foods, uh, with like pepperoni, greasy, things like Hamburgers, that. Hamburgers, fries, uh, and specifically yeah. with like the basic trifecta of condiments, pickles, ketchup, mustard, cheese sometimes, always bacon, mm-hmm. and this bacon goes with just about anything. Always bacon always been
0: Um, even now for me
1: yeah i was i was a nightmare to to order with i as someone who spent 15 years in the fast food service i feel bad for all the people i once i think although my favorite story is wendy's had this they don't have it now but it was it was a colby jack burger with this spicy sauce that i somehow fell in love with and i wanted it but i only wanted it with pickles and the sauce and the cheese so we ordered one and i get it and my burger looks huge like Mm-hmm. Like, it's got all the toppings. I was like, they screwed it up. Apparently, some smartass thought he was screwing me over by piling, like, ha- a dozen or more pickles on top of it. Oh, and I was just, Ooh, that was I laughed. Yeah, I laughed my <laughs> ass off. Like, yes, this is this is great. And that just hits me. <laughs> also, exactly what I wanted. <laughs> another weird thing, like, I liked pickles a lot as a kid. Like, I loved the sour taste, but I never branched mm-hmm. out beyond dill, which I'm thinking about it now is kind of weird. Yeah,
0: that's kind of interesting because I would have think. I mean, I loved bread and butter pickles growing up. I still no. do. Roy no. hates pickles. He, my my partner. If I even eat a pickle or like open up a jar of pickles and he smells it, he will kick me out. To be like, you're you're leaving. You need to eat that outside my, of the patio. My partner's is only
1: slightly it. better. I just I'll just get a, a sour look like mm, like I've like I farted <laughs> out of my mouth or something. It's like, <laughs> and I'm teaching my He's, daughter to like pickles.
0: He is – he hates it. He said he ate a – he was, like, eating chips once, and someone, like, brought in those, like, dill pickle-flavored chips, mm-hmm. and he ate it, and he immediately, like, started gagging, like, had a oh, terrible no. reaction to it. Oh, no. I don't know why. He just – he hates oh. peanut butter and he hates pickles, which are I love. Both of those I love. I don't know what's up with him on it. Uh, but I guess on that topic of, like, how he hates peanut butter and pickles, uh, what were, like, your least favorite foods growing up?
1: Anything green, like broccoli, I uh, hated mm-hmm. broccoli, hated peas, which is funny cuz is my go-to vegetable now. Um, literally anything that wasn't hamburgers, fries or pizza. Like I would <laughs> I would either power my way through mm-hmm. or just ignore like I said I peanut butter jelly would be something I ate out of out of necessity like my mom would mm-hmm. – when she stopped making me meals, I would eat bread and butter or peanut butter and jelly or whatever I could make for myself as an eight-year-old. <laughs> and, yeah, I,
0: I – mean, that, that sounds tough. That sounds tough growing up, especially like with being a kid in school lunches. So you don't have a say well, I in would, what I, I, My
1: mom would pack my lunches. Okay, okay. Which, leading into that, that I question, I, I didn't <laughs> – Which is interesting. So in, eventually, of course, when high school came around, that stopped. Like, hard, mm. hard no. So I I ended up being a little slimmer in high school because I wouldn't pack my own lunch because I was so lazy. And mm. I probably left high school owing at least three different people five bucks. <laughs> because I would, like, eat out of the snack machines. I developed mm. really good discipline. I would sit in band class while uh, Mr. Watkins would be berating someone else. Never me though. I was I was the good band kid. I was the only tuba, and I was always on time. But before I before I lose the thought, like in high school, you, I remember one of your questions was, uh, "How did that affect me?" Well, I yeah. had packed lunches for most of the time, and I would either wait till the school was serving pizza, high school, and bum hmm. money off my friends, or to buy pizza or stuff snacks from the vending machines. Or I would mm. literally walk around the school lunch, going, "Anybody got change? You gonna finish that?" Like, I,
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah, I, I usually targeted people I kind of knew. I'd be like, "Look, hey man, I need food. I need money." And kids would I would get like 50, 60, 12 cents at a time. Like I I begged, and mm. kind of just ate my ate the stuff my friends weren't gonna eat.
0: I mean that's happened to me sometimes too. I oh, mean when I was oh, sorry. in sorry,
1: but the the last thought was was the craziest part in band. I would sit there and I would swallow my own saliva and say, "This is a filling meal. This is a filling meal." Like a mantra, I literally beat my own mind into submission so I was not hungry during school. High school's weird,
0: man. I don't know why that's like such a thing. So I guess as you know, as you got older and you were kind of looking into expanding your food taste and kind of exploring newer things. Uh, about like, I guess, what age were you when you were kind of... Right, so that's
1: that's the fun bit right there, mm-hmm. is <laughs> I didn't uh, go looking to expand my food tastes. It was like most things in life. It was like learning when my, when, when the, which car was it? Well, when my Pontiac died mm-hmm. and it was basically my fault for not telling the guy, maybe you should put some fluids in it before you oh, turn okay. it on and the engine exploded because they turned on a car that was completely and utterly devoid of fluids, and it just tore itself apart. Oh. My dad is like, you're getting the Nissan, the 86 Nissan truck, no air conditioning, no power steering, manual <laughs> transmission. And I had a day's worth of instruction, and then I found myself on a hill right outside our neighborhood with people screaming at me it, well, not literally but horn wise mm-hmm. while I re- figured out how to slip the clutch without running into somebody. and that's well, basically what it was for me when I moved in with my partner who was living with three other people at the time. there were eventually mm-hmm. us Sharon Fix, Cat and Drew. yeah, there were three couples in that house and it was it was a stately manse. Mm-hmm. It was big enough to accommodate. So it, was, it was called the Meringue Sanctuary for Wayward Geeks, the uh, the owners <laughs> of the house. They, just like, they they had reasonable rent. It was basically like, you know, we're, we'll have you rent. And everybody takes a turn on the, the rack of doing dishes for dinner mm-hmm. and making dinner. And it was their way of paying off their house while helping out friends who needed a place to live. And I was ready to get out of my parents' house because I had moved out that failed for reasons I don't want to get into. Cause it's mm-hmm. an absolute mess. It's a draw. It is a drama nightmare of living with your friends when you're 20. Mm-hmm. And I moved back in with my parents and my partner was like, well, I'm done with college. I'm back in the state. Why don't you come move in here if it's okay with them? And apparently they liked me enough to say like, it, like, yeah, it's basically a foregone inclusion. Come live with Sam. So we lived there and <sighs> I wasn't able to take anybody for granted. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds horrible to say it, but I couldn't just be like, no, mom, I'm not eating that. You're gonna feed me anyway because you love me. <laughs> I, was, um,
0: you were kind of just like you had to. Yeah. There was no and, other option. And options.
1: by that time, I was already starting to break down things. Like I said, Sam was Sam was picky in different ways from me. Like I had by that point started, I think I was having more veggies on my burgers. At least I was mm-hmm. tolerating onions and tomatoes, if not the lettuce. But that stemmed more from working in fast food and seeing fast food lettuce and going, no. Yeah. Now now I'm, now I'm so impatient. I'm like, I don't care. It's gross. I'll just – there's going to be so much mayonnaise on it, I won't notice how bad the lettuce is. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Just let me eat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I guess –
1: thought... sorry, go ahead. No. So it, it started subtle with things like I found – Found things I like, like Subway. When Parents went a Subway. I was like, "Oh, I can have a BMT. I can put whatever I want on it, and mm-hmm. it's actively encouraged." So I was just like mustard, and then eventually pickles, and from there it was olives, and slowly the barriers broke down. But I was, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna jump over over anybody to try something other than General So's at Chinese. Like I mm-hmm. knew it was safe, what was sweet and fatty. But that we didn't get that. Drew made a lot of curries, and Drew's curries kick ass. Oh, I love By the curry. way, just in case he... Oh, it's Japanese-style curries. They're just carrots, potatoes, so filling. And I basically yeah. didn't want to look like a punk in front of my friends and peers. <laughs> so I would learn to like things mm-hmm. or, you know, look like a punk. <laughs> look like this petulant man-child. I wanted to impress people, and that's what kind of forced my palate open the rest of the way from
0: mm-hmm. it was kind of a lot more like you didn't want that social stigma
1: kind of it's, like you yes. were like I'm an adult
0: now. I I really can't be a picky eater at this point.
1: No, I, I want people to respect me and no one's going to respect the person who still wants dinosaur chicky nuggies <laughs> at dinner all the time.
0: Chicken tendies and honey mussy
1: <laughs> Yeah I Oh that was that was Rachel's go to chicken tenders and honey mustard. But... <laughs> But for, she wouldn't eat the honey mustard, but she wouldn't give it to me because mm-hmm. I was sibling rivalry. <laughs> she I was, was like, like, I no, need it for my, my fries. fries. You're not even going to eat it. She's like, no, it's mine. Came with my meal. You can't have it. Just to spite me. <laughs> we didn't have a good relationship growing up. It's better now. Well, I also wonder uh, if that – that can't remember you it... – <sighs> my brain stopped. Were there a lot of picky eaters in your family? Really?
0: No. I mean, our mom, she didn't really go through – A lot of foods that were, I guess, the what you'd expect a picky eater to not like. Like we had a lot of Italian dishes growing up. You know, Mm. a chicken with an Italian dressing put on it, served with rice, or you know, served Mm. with steamed vegetables or potatoes. You know, not anything that we really get weird. um, But my mom's Pennsylvania Dutch, so we also have a lot of very Austrian, German, Pennsylvania Dutch. You know, very surprisingly Amish recipes in our family, (laughs) which definitely is a very big contrast to a lot of Italian cooking. Uh, So we have stuff like stuffed cabbage, which has, you know, a tangy, kind of like a red tomato sauce with it. Cabbage, which has, you know, that slightly sour, sweet flavor to it with essentially a meatloaf shoved into the cabbage and rice. That
1: actually sounds pretty awesome. They're
0: incredible. I love them now. Back then, it was just kind of like a little bit too... I- iffy for me but I was like that too with pork and sauerkraut and kalua pork hmm. so like the kalua pork is um I think it was spinach or no it was some sort of greens it might have been like a mustard green or something um but pretty much just like slow roasted with pork and it was incredibly incredibly like just flavor intensive of not really a bitter, but kind of a fermented flavor with it. With you know, living as a reformed picky eater at this point going through that twelve step mm-hmm. program essentially. Um, how are things now with your relationship with food? Do you kind of so like Things, are, back things into are a lot better.
1: Path? I'm not um I'm not chasing fast food as much, although <laughs> this last year changed that in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I'm just too. like like I'm stuck at home. I've been out of work for v- pretty much a year now. For mm-hmm. the first time since I was 18,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like I've never been out of work this long. Maybe a few months between jobs. Like, yeah. I... But anyway, moving on. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm I eat just about anything these days. There's certain things I just don't like that I. <laughs> Peas taste gross to me. They're squishy and weird. Yeah. I still prefer my vegetables more crisp than anything else. Like, I but, I'm finicky, but I I there are a few things I flat out reject. One thing I and I guess I'm gonna have to tell myself to all the cool foodies out there, I don't eat sushi. <laughs> I have, oh, really? I've never even I've never even tried it because I am just it's like it's I don't like fish to begin with, and it's raw fish.
0: Yeah, I mean I can understand that because that's not so much of like a uh like oh I don't want to eat it because I know I'm not gonna like it or it's you know that uh, uh, uh just a uh, I don't know like you what you would I'm just like,
1: paralyzed I with fear I, I don't yeah. know what's gonna happen I've ne- I don't normally put raw meat in my mouth
0: yeah I can let alone fish
1: with it. and. It's it's something I do want to try because so many people I respect and love mm-hmm. eat sushi, and I'm just sitting here going, you're eating raw fish, you're eating raw fish. Yeah. This is really weird.
0: The, I think the biggest issue with sushi as well is there's so much bad sushi. It, yeah. it's, it's so easy to find bad sushi at restaurants, and it's so hard to find
1: good sushi. The other thing that is big for me is um, one of the big barriers for pickiness, I realize – we to talk about this is the sweet and savory combo. is was something I never understood. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I'm a big, I would prefer not to mingle flavors that I think would go bad. Like if I'm eating broccoli, it gets its own plate because I don't mm-hmm. want broccoli soaked French fries. Mm-hmm. Cause we're typically microwaving it just cause like who has the time to steam broccoli when the one year old is trying to eat, eat a double a battery they found. And where did you find that battery? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Like, for me, it it also comes – I love – I've been really experimenting with pizza. I think pizza is the ultimate food flavor canvas. Mm -hmm. My favorite so far is uh, Pizza Hut has a barbecue sauce they do instead of marinara. And I use what I like to call the PB&J, pineapple, bacon, and jalapenos. It it, it struck me. I was like, spicy and sweet is good. And then you add the savory of the bacon –
0: I'll need to get Roy on that. Because Roy, he always orders pizza with pineapple and jalapenos. I think it's an abomination. I'm like, I'm getting pepperoni, Italian sausage, and red onions on mine. But he's like, no, pepperoni what? and jalapenos. But I'll need to try it with bacon because he's obsessed with bacon to begin with. So I'll need to see if next time we order pizza, I'll need to get that for him. He'll probably love it.
1: Oh, Probably. I am a huge fan of fruit on on pizza for some reason. Apparently, there's a place called Rice on Pie where they put curry on top of your pizza. That is apparent. Apparently, I'm going to be treated to once, um, my my buddy my buddy's cat and Drew are all vaccinated up. Okay, and it sounds I'm, amazing.
0: I'm writing that but, down. <laughs> that sounds incredible.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm I'm so into that. Um, also, I've I've done crazier things like uh, we at Indian restaurant. We were like, oh, we're ordering Indian. What do you want, Chris? Like, I want goat vindaloo. I want to know what goat did. It was really good. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: a, it's a a lot of food that we would like, a lot of American tastes would think is weird, is incredible. You know? Oh,
1: absolutely. It's,
0: you start kind of getting outside of Americans' obsession with Hispanic cuisine and Asian cuisine, and you start looking more at more Indian food, or you start looking at, like you said, mm. Ethiopian and South African food. That was great. It's incredible. Um, so I know you have a young daughter and with that earlier tidbit, um, on genetics and selective eating, um, do you ever worry that she's going to develop those same habits as she gets older?
1: Absolutely. Because I didn't, I didn't talk about my, my partner's childhood eating, which was, it was French fries Mm -hmm. at four. Like all of a sudden they would only eat French fries. So yeah, basically I'm absolutely waiting for an entire Payless shoe store of shoes to drop because I was picky at four. So was my partner, um, as soon as they turned four, uh, French fries were all they wanted to eat. French fries and pizza and cheese pizza at that. So apparently things got so bad, Sam had dark circles under their eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Diane, my mother-in-law, was afraid that some child services might might take them away.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like it's kind of leading into um, like avoidant restrictive food intake disorder which I, I was looking into a lot more researching this and, you know, recently added into, um, you know, the directory of, you know, mental illnesses, whatever that official document is called. But it's it's something that's kind of recently come to light that a lot of, uh, you know, scientists and physicians are really paying attention to is, you know, when does selective eating become a real problem for people, you know, mm-hmm. and it kind of sounds like, the, you know, applied back then in the sense of, you know, dark circles it was kind of affecting you know her you know day-to-day life in a level that was you know kind of reaching further out than just the dinner table
1: yeah and with amira my daughter we're really trying hard to just give her a lot of choices like Mm -hmm. expose her to a lot of new foods you know trying to do that you know parents always talk about hundred new foods before one. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we did that, but we try to give a balanced meal. Like you get a vegetable, you get um, an entree and you get fruit at almost mm-hmm. every meal. Like, uh, for example, today I fed her a bunch of my roast asparagus. Well, my roast, I cribbed it from Sam, <laughs> <laughs> which is, um, I'm trying to make vegetables good. So it, what it is, it's a light dusting of, uh, olive oil, mm-hmm. And then you just garlic powder, onion powder, salt, pepper, roast for 15 minutes at 375, mm-hmm. and boom. So I'm hoping that if vegetables are a flavorful and good, because she eats asparagus hand over fist. It's it's insane. Mm-hmm. She'll basically eat just about anything. Though I do see a little bit, like, when I offer her eggs, she's like, meh. Yeah, I
0: mean, but my
1: partner always said that they could um, detect the sulfur in eggs. So I wonder if, because there are markers... I know specifically for broccoli there's a genetic marker that if it's flipped on you will always taste farts you will never taste anything but but grossness
0: (laughs) I'm glad I don't have that I love broccoli I just love vegetables.
1: (laughs) I love it too so but like I said we're just trying to give Amira um, a balanced diet like Mm -hmm. I'm glad that she likes pickles I try to you know there's you don't want to give your baby too much sodium but I will slip her one every once in a while be like Mm -hmm. yeah you're teething and Learn to like sour as much as you like sweet. And... Yeah,
0: which is a good thing because that's like what the biggest issue is with um, you know childhood selective eating is those bitter sour flavors. They're just they can be so powerful that it kind of that's what causes that fear mm. you know, of certain foods is just how bitter something can taste. So it's oh, and good. I would say I'm open to it. Oh.
1: But I would say is my final thought for any parents worried about this kind of thing. You know, this it, there aren't easy answers this is an issue to be handled with dexterity like Mm -hmm. if amira gets picky we're going to probably you know we'll try to have her eat healthy and balanced and eat what we eat but Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna starve my child and also you just have to know your child i think my favorite story comes from my friend danny when she was four Um, her, her dad was cooking something and Bill is a professional chef, by the way. Oh my Mm -hmm. God. He's so, he's so delicious, but he's so delicious, (laughs) but his cooking is amazing. He's great. And, but she was like, I don't think I like that. And made face and Bill being clever and smart was like, okay, you don't have to eat it, but you never know if you're going to be missing out on your next favorite food. And apparently it instilled a fear in her of missing out (laughs) on her new favorite food. And I was when she told me this story, I was like, wow, it sounds like your dad used your natural anxiety to get you to try things
0: full on reverse psychology.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I I said, know your kid. Try to guide them. It it takes finesse. It takes and patience like, oh, it takes patience. Yeah, that's what I would say. I'm sure
0: it does. Well, Chris, it was absolutely wonderful to get to chat with you today about this.
1: Thank you for having me. This is this is great.
0: Yeah, no problem. It was nice kind of getting to learn more about this as someone who has literally grown up eating dirt and tree bark before. Uh, so it's nice to kind of know how selective eating kind of, you know, affects you growing up and family and kind of know it's a it's not it's not a failure in any sort of parenting and, you know, raising a child incorrectly, which is incredibly stupid to me as a as something like that. Uh, no, it's just it's a bumps on
1: the road of my journey
0: yeah it's you know it's a lot of genetics in there and you know the root causes that a lot of people think with anxiety and depression and adhd you know it's it's something that a lot of kids go through and you know there's avenues you can take to expand their taste in food um mm. yeah but especially with as soon as covid ends and it's safer i need to drop off some meals for you do <laughs> those those please
1: for sure Oh, and as a as a final final thought to anybody listening out there, I would also say, don't let your expectations get in the way. If you're a picky eater, mm-hmm. try things at different ages. My because my taste buds have absolutely changed. I would me too. My my very specifically for me would be the thing that comes to my mind is IPAs. Back when I was still drinking uh, a few years ago, mm-hmm. I, I normally wouldn't have drunk them in my 20s, but in my mid 30s, when I was still drinking beer. I was like, ooh, these are – when you find a good one, it's good. I like that hoppiness. So check mm-hmm. back in sometimes. Don't don't write things off. You never know. And worst that happens, you'd like, they'd be like, hey, let me have a bite of that. Let me have a sip of that. And you're like, no, and life goes on.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's how I was. I hated pork and sauerkraut growing up. I love it now. I love pork awesome. and sauerkraut. It's so good, the way my mom makes mm. it. Uh, but also, too, like I hated vodka when I first started drinking – uh, but now it's it's so bad. I need to stop. But now I'm just like, yes, vodka Red Bulls. I can take four of these, <laughs> which is terrible. God, it terrible never tasted like
1: anything to me when I was doing it hard liquor. Like Great Red Bull. Ugh, yeah, I mean that. I think that's the the joy of vodka. Like I would put it in things, but mm-hmm. by itself. It doesn't taste like
0: anything it just tastes like gas it just tastes like gasoline yeah like i at least i hate tequila's flavor but at least it has a distinct flavor exactly yeah (laughs) vodka is just it's it's my go-to just because like i know how it's gonna taste every time Uh, well thanks again everyone for tuning into this episode of food with benefits if you are a picky eater i hope this helped you out a bit with some helpful information on expanding your tastes. uh and honestly too there's just so much incredible food out there ethiopian Mm -hmm. food which i'm definitely going to be trying soon. So I hope you get to experience it one day, just like I am going to with that food. Uh, So if you do want to follow along with me on my food journey here, you can follow me on Instagram at austineatsatl. And if you're in the mood for some of my recipes, I do have a blog up at austineatsatl.com. And Chris, where can people find you at?
1: Find me? Oh Lord. Well, I guess the only thing I have to plug is uh, me and my spouse. We stream every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and occasionally Saturday. Uh, we're we're called the Never Ending Backlog, and uh, you can find us at uh, Twitch.com forward slash Never Ending Back the the Never Ending Backlog. We are the Never Ending Backlog. We are currently finishing up our run of the the BBL or Bad Boys Love Ending to Hateful Boyfriend, the world's one and only pigeon dating simulator game. If I'm if I'm correct, excuse
0: me, a pigeon
1: simulator. So I think I need to explain this. This is so you know everyone knows about dating sims. They tend yeah. to be for like lonely weird men who want to do unspeakable things in their pants over pictures of anime women in video games. <laughs> this one, you are the woman. The protagonist is female, and she's dating a bunch of hunky pigeons. Like it, it is the exact it is
0: Yeah, Nintendo it's a dating simulator
1: where you play a girl she goes to Saint Pigeonations, one of the foremost educational facilities for for birds and hangs out with every birdie there, yet there are a ton of bird puns. It and it's weirder than you think. I highly recommend if anybody goes to our YouTube channel at The Never Ending Backlog on YouTube, watch the Hattiful boyfriend videos. It's weirder than you think.
0: I need to. I need to watch it. I love crazy games like that. I need
1: to. Oh, it's so good. There's a lot of bizarre voice acting from us since it's all dialogue and pictures.
0: But yeah, check us out. Thanks again, everyone, for checking in. I'll see you next time here on Food with Benefits. In the meantime, stay safe and stay curious, everyone.